You're listening to the Paul Hutchings Podcast, brought to you by paulhutchings.net, teaching you to be free through principle-centered lessons on personal development, online marketing, and financial literacy. Hey, 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 what's going on, friends and Freedom Crusaders? Welcome to another edition of the Paul Hitchings Podcast, and I'm super excited today, guys. I've got an awesome guest. It's going to be, I believe, a ton of value, and you might uh, be wondering, how could I say that about someone that I don't know? I actually don't know this guest. We just met like three minutes ago, but uh, one of my good friends who's an, an entrepreneur that I trust, I've known him for a long time, shout out to Dan McCall. He reached out to me some time ago and he's like, man, you got to interview Kellen Ambrose on your podcast. And I'm like, really? Okay. Who's that? Why? And Dan was like, this guy's amazing. Like he's scaled his uh, e-com from his e-com business from like nothing to like these massive heights. He's like 10 X, you know, everyone else that I see around him. And I was like, man, that sounds awesome. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, he somehow connected with, uh, um, with Kellen. Am I saying your name right? Kellen? Yep. Kellen Ambrose. And he said, yeah, I'm down. So here we are. So how you doing, Kellen? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, you know, before we get into the other stuff, I heard you got a Tesla, man. So I got to ask you, what's, <laughs> what's the lowdown? How long have you had it? You like it? Um, see, I've had it since um, August of last year. And yeah, I love it. I mean, it's great. You don't have to pay for gas. So that's great. Um, you know, if it's completely dead, I would say... You're going to spend maybe $22 to $24 to fully charge it compared to, you know, $60 worth of gas or something like that. Wow. And um, what did you get? You get the Model 3? I got the Model Y. It's like a okay. crossover. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Is it the performance or the regular Model Y? Um, it's it's considered a, a, a dual engine. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I, don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily a performance. Um, I'm not really sure, honestly. <laughs> I'm not like <laughs> okay. a car guy. Like I test drove it, and um, I actually test drove the S, which is nice. That's like the sportier looking one. That I think yeah. that looks nicer. But I'm a tall guy, so I'm six four, so it didn't really fit me um, as comfortably as I'd like. And then I test drove the Y, which I wasn't really as a. Uh, I didn't really think that looked as nice, but when I test drove mm-hmm. that, it was roomy, and I don't know. I, I was sold on it. Like I test drove it, and I'm like, I'm gonna get this. So, and you're glad you got it. You oh, yeah. It. It's it's great. It's a great car. It really is. I've been a Tesla fanboy for a long time. And um, I ordered the Cybertruck when it came out. And I thought I would have a Tesla like a lot sooner. But that was in 2016. And supposedly it's going to be released next June. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. So I've been like, man, I, I wonder if I should buy like something else, you know, in the meantime. But I've, I've been holding out. So <laughs> it's an adjustment. Like if you go on a long road trip, um, you know, it'll map out, like you put it in the GPS, it'll map out where you need to go to charge. Uh-huh. Um, so sometimes you might have to charge for 20 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. So it's an, and you'll drive for like two or three hours and you have to stop and charge. So it's an adjustment. I can see why some people might not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't drive too much. So it's not really that big of a deal to me. And are you uh, are you single guy? Are you married? I'm What's married. Your... Married? Yeah. You have yep. kids? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. No. No. Well, I've got four. So if you want to pick my brain, uh, I have no wisdom for you because I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Cool. So yeah, well, tell me a little bit about your your story. Like, where'd you grow up at? You back east somewhere? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a small town in West Virginia. It's called Martinsburg. It's probably about 
Um, I mean, it's grown a lot, but I would say when I grew up there, it was maybe 25,000 people. Um, lived there for uh, most of my life um, up until about like early 20s, like maybe 23, 24. Um, I, I went to, I graduated in college um, at a school called Shepherd University. It's in West Virginia. It was a commuter student, so it was about 15, 20 minutes away. Um, and then after I graduated, um, it was a business administration degree, which really doesn't do much for you. I wasn't yeah, that's, exactly that's my degree. I got that same <laughs> degree. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big sports fan, so I was kind of thinking like something like sports marketing and I don't know, a lot of the entry level jobs were, weren't very good. So um, I was a server at Outback at the time and I was making good money. So after I graduated, I was just like, well, I'm just going to still work here for a little bit. Um, and then I was there for maybe three years or so. And then I met um, a customer came in and he was a franchisee for CC's Pizza. Have you heard of that before? Uh-uh. It's like an all you can eat pizza buffet at the time. You know, this was like 20 years ago. It was uh, $3.99 for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Oh, wow. Which blew my mind. I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> so he, he was kind of, he's like, you know, trying to recruit me to be a manager. <laughs> and um, I had no desire to be a, a manager of a restaurant. So he gave me some free passes to check it out. And um, the pay was good, you know, for someone young. So I went for it. And uh I ended up being a manager there for eight years. I didn't like it, but I, you know, it's kind of, kind of felt like I was pigeonholed in the industry. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, I met my now wife. Um, she lived in Baltimore, which was, it's about uh, like an hour and a half drive. So we had a long distance relationship for about three years. And when I met her, we moved in together, kind of like close. It was like a suburb of Baltimore. And um, I ended up getting a job at Panera Bread as a manager. And, um, it's a little bit better, but it's still, it's still the same, you know, still, still a lot of the same issues. And I worked there for three years, but when I worked, when I started working at Panera, that's when I, um, first really was introduced to personal development and, you know, the app on your, I don't know if you have the app on your phone, it's called tune in radio. Are you uh -uh. familiar with that? No, tune in radio. It's like, um, it's just an app for like, you know, um, podcasts and stuff like that. So one day I was just. At our apartment complex, I went to the pool and I typed in um, like motivational speaking or something like that. And this podcast came up and it's called Every Day is Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, Sam Crowley. Yeah, so, I know Sam. So um, I, you know, listened to it and I liked his message and um, I liked the way it made me feel. And, you know, he has a following. So he was trying to promote, um, you know, he makes money off of his following. So he's trying to promote um, DSD dropship domination, which mm -hmm. that's how I met Dan, um, initially. And, um, I've never had any, never thought of getting into e-commerce or drop shipping or anything. So I attended a webinar and, um, I don't know. I thought I'd give it a shot. There was like different levels. I think it was $20 a month was the basic level. So I did that. And, uh, I don't know. I was listing products, going through the whole process, listing products on eBay. And I had the eBay app on my phone. And I remember one day um, I was getting out of the shower and it made like a, my phone made this cash register noise. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I sold something like this actually works. So then I took it a little more serious and I don't know, it was made like $400 the next month. And 
you know, a couple months later, I was making like consistently like a thousand dollars a month on eBay drop shipping. And I did that for like a whole year. I didn't touch any of that money. I saved it. I had a full-time job. I was working like 55 hours a week at Panera. Mm -hmm. And um, then it evolved into like Amazon. Like I took another course, taught me how to outsource, um, you know, hire VAs kind of to get some leverage and um, started selling it on Amazon. And I had the VAs doing a lot of the work for me. And then things really took off a lot at that point. So when I started selling on Amazon, it was about three months from after doing that, where I was like, I think I can leave my job, but I wasn't sure when uh, that was a really bold move. I've, I've never, you know, always been kind of like conservative thinker, like, mm -hmm. you know, up until that point where I was like, I don't know if I could do something like that. Um, and I just kept, it just kept growing and I knew I was going to quit, but I didn't know when. And then one day I came to work and we were next to a, uh, social security administration building. So our lunches were just crazy. And um, I came in, I worked 12 to close. So I got there in the middle of lunch and all of these employees called out. We weren't set up and it was just complete chaos for the first 20 minutes. And I went into the bathroom and I text, texted my now wife and I said, I'm putting my notice in today. And she was like, really? And I said, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I put in the notice and, um, you know, probably like towards the end of lunch, lunch rush, I put in my notice and then they told the regional manager so then the re regional manager calls the store. He's like, you know, I'm sorry to hear you're going to leave and blah, blah, blah. And at that point, I was like, there's no turning back. And as the day, I was like, I hope I made a right decision. And as the day went on, more and more things were getting messed up. And I was like, yeah, I made the right decision. <laughs> wow. So how much were you uh, making at Panera Bread when you quit your job? That's where um, you were? Yeah. When you left? I think my salary was around like maybe 54, 55,000 a year, something like that. And your drop shipping on the side, was it equal to that or more it, or far less? It exceeded that. It, it, is, know, it, it exceeded your full-time job income. Per, yeah. Like my income I was making per month was exceeding that. <laughs> so it kind of starts making me think like, why am I doing this? And a lot yeah. of, you know, a lot of the reasons why you stay or a lot of people stay is because they think, Oh, I have the benefits, you know, like right. you know, health insurance and, I don't know. The more I thought about it, it's like, it's not really that big of a deal. And I was talking to other entrepreneurs and they're like, that's not really a big deal. Don't let that be like a hold up to you. Mm -hmm. And so your income now DS domination was a network marketing company that was selling uh, e-com training. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't do that. I you didn't do the promotion side. You just took the course and applied what they taught. So I have some questions for you because I'm a e-com Virgin, I guess you could say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what is drop shipping? Um, so, in a nutshell, um, drop shipping is so I don't hold any inventory. Um, okay. So, I just list products for sale. Um, so, when someone buys something from me, then I turn around and I buy that same product from a supplier at a cheaper cost and ship it directly to the customer and keep the difference in price. Ah, so it's a little like arbitrage. It is like, arbitrage. Yeah, it's arbitrage for sure. Okay. I got it. So you would you like research the products beforehand and then look at the prices they were selling on eBay and then kind of find that that spread and then go list them? Yeah. So the training with that, and it's been a long time. So um, but I remember like on eBay, you can go to um you can look up sellers' profiles and you can see what you can filter like what they sold. 
And then you can see if they continuously sell like a certain product, like, oh, they've sold this product, you know, 20 times in the last 30 days. Mm -hmm. You see the price that they listed at, and then you kind of undercut them a little bit, list the same product, you optimize your title with keywords. And I think a lot of that's probably changed at this point. I don't know if eBay still works the same way, but that's how it was back then. And I think a lot of people, I called it, I, I was doing it earlier on, you know, a drop shipping is a very, you know, sexy term at this point. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are interested in it and, you know, they want they want that lifestyle, like sitting on the beach with your laptop. And it's not really like that. It's a business like anything else. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's pretty much the strategy um, that you just kind of just kind of see what other people are selling and just come in and uh, lower, have a lower price and just have like more keywords stuffed in your title. And that's really all it was honestly <laughs> back then. Okay. So it's changed a little bit. So at um, eBay and Amazon, you were doing drop shipping got your income up to about what you were making your job. You quit your job and then, then what? Um, then I sold on, I mean, I sold on Amazon for, uh, when I quit my job, I sold on my on Amazon full time for maybe, um, just Amazon. I stopped eBay. So it was Amazon only for like three years, maybe three or four years. And then I, um, and then I was interested in Shopify. So I tried to do, you know, create like a drop shipping store on Shopify and I was going to run Facebook ads and sell little like trinkets, like, you know, kitchen gadgets with like Facebook ads. And I, I was in like a group of other Amazon drop shippers. We were trying to just sort of diversify and we had kind of like a mastermind. We meet up monthly or, you know, bi-weekly, bi something like that. None of what's, us really what's, what's Shopify and why was there a draw to Shopify from Amazon? Like how do they differ? Um, well, the big, I mean, the big thing I would say is uh, like Amazon, you're selling on their marketplace. So mm -hmm. you're kind of playing in their sandbox. You got to play by their rules. They change the rules a lot so okay. they can hold your money. <laughs> um, that's, you know, like I've, I've had my money held where they just, they maybe like your shipping times are slower and they have all these metrics you have to hit, but shop mm -hmm. and they take 15% of the of your sale price. So 15% goes to them. And then uh, Shopify, you don't run into all these rules. It's like, it's your, it's yours. Um, and I think all you really pay is just the merchant processing fee, which is about 3%. Oh, um, so it's like a little you, Amazon store that you own. It's like your own little marketplace that you set up. Yeah. And you own the customers too. Like you have their email addresses and you know, you can, you can market to them that way. Amazon, you can't do that. Okay. It's their customers. You're just selling on their platform. Okay. So then did you build a Shopify store? That's what you and your buddies were masterminding and you went to Shopify and said, see you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> well, I, I sold, I sold on, um, I mean, I, I sold, I still sell, sold on Amazon and I was doing that on the side, but I started out trying to sell like these little trinkets, you know, like kitchen gadgets and stuff like that. And I actually never sold anything. Um, ended up like our mastermind kind of fizzled out and uh, just, we just started, we, you know, it fizzled out. We just like stopped having the calls and, and then I, um, I discovered people were, were drop shipping high ticket products. Um, so I like the idea of selling one product and making the same amount of money that I would make on Amazon selling 30 products, mm. same effort. Yeah, um, really. And you're making the same amount of money. So I like that. Um, so I started doing that. Um, 
let's see, 2018, I started, I started my store and I was doing, actually doing that and Amazon at the same time. Um, I had some VAs that kind of ran Amazon, like ran the store and, uh, you know, I was sort of slowly building Shopify, my Shopify store on my own. Um, I'm not very tech savvy, so it took me a while to kind of get to things the way I wanted and just, you know, I took a lot of courses, um, paid for coaching, stuff like that. And, uh, and then Amazon actually last year, I sold all, I sold on Amazon. I drop shipped on Amazon all the way up until, um, like the summer of last year I did mm -hmm. both, but Amazon doesn't like drop shippers. Um, like they like drop shipping, but the type of drop shipping that we were doing is like, we're using other retailers as our suppliers. So like, Dick Sporting Goods or like Walmart, for example, you're, you're uh -huh. technically violating their terms of service. You're not supposed to do that. Oh, okay. So a customer would get like a box and it shows up in a Dick Sporting Goods box and then they can complain to Amazon. And it used to be where you could just kind of, you know, appeal that wasn't really a big deal. And then so many people flooded the Amazon marketplace doing that. It's gotten real saturated and it sort of damaged like the way that you can sell in that in that manner, you know, drop shipping use other retailers. So last mm -hmm. year they're really cracking down on it. I got a policy violation. I had to submit an appeal. And they let me sell again, and then three weeks later I got the same thing. And then they just uh, they wouldn't let me sell. But I I kind of mm -hmm. saw the writing on the wall. That's why I did I opened the Shopify store and went that route. Okay. So you opened your own Shopify store and now you do you actually, I think when you, when I talked to you in text, you said you have a few Shopify stores. Is that right? Yes. Um, and that's your main yeah. business right now is all through your Shopify stores. Yeah. So I have two stores. Um, well, actually I have three stores. There's one main one. Um, I sell primarily mobility scooters and power wheelchairs. Um, and then last in December I had one of my, um, one of my coaches that I, or like a mentor I was working with, he actually had a store in the same niche. Um, and he ended up, he's got a, several stores and he just didn't have time for it. And he wanted me to buy it from him. I didn't want to, <laughs> um, but we just did some negotiating and um, we came to a good agreement and I took that, I bought that store from him. So now I have those two stores. Um, and then I have another store. I sell infrared saunas, but that one I've had for maybe three years and it's really just put been put on the back burner. I haven't really done a whole lot with it because I'm, I'm really, I'm just pretty busy with the other two. So just having okay. really time. And so you're still drop shipping through the stores. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've got a store and you're listing products that you know, you can buy for less money elsewhere. And is your store, your store is themed, I'm guessing, right? Like mobility scooters and electric, electric wheelchairs, same store, different store. Um, you're talking about the two stores I have that are similar selling. Are they, right? are they separate stores or do like they're separate? Yeah. The two different oh. websites. Okay. But they sell like they sell the same products. Um, but with, with the Shopify store, I'm actually, it's like, I'm an online retailer. So I work with manufacturers directly. I'm not using oh. retailers anymore. It's a legitimate business, you know, like it, it's, uh, you know, we, I've built out a team now um, and I, you know, I have an EIN and, you know, I have a good relationship with these customers or with these suppliers. So they're all U.S. based manufacturers and, um, you know, they all come with a warranty. So if there's issues, you know, the, they'll step in and resolve the, those problems. Oh, cool. So the manufacturer makes the product they need you to get the message out to the market and then act as the intermediary, you know, to get the, get the stuff sold. 
and then you collect the the difference. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of a lot of companies do this now. I mean, Walmart they drop ship. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of Wayfair. Um, yeah. Their entire business is basically drop shipping. They, they work with you know um, manufacturers directly. I think they do have like a warehouse. They might warehouse a little bit of stuff, but that, that's how that's that's how that business was built, just through drop shipping. So it's just it's just a means of um, selling product. You know, whether it's you know you can physically ship it or drop ship it. It's it's all like the same thing. It's just a method of uh, fulfilling the, the order. So no inventory. No inventory. No. But you do have employees, VAs, and whatnot. Yeah, right? I have. Yes. So I have. Um, I work with a, a call center, and there's about seven people that answer the phone for, and I actually plug them into the other store because it's the same niche, same supplier. So they answer for both stores. Um, they're U.S. based. Um, I was a little. I didn't want to. I knew I needed to outsource phone calls for a long time. I mean, this demographic of people, they, they like to talk on the phone. Yeah. Um, I got to a point I was taking 20 to 30 calls a day and, you know, I'd be out to eat, out to eat with my wife and my phone's ringing and I, you know, walk to the bathroom and, <laughs> and answer the phone. It, it just became like, there's no way I can sustain this. What's the price range that you're selling in? Um, so I would say the small, the cheapest product at this point is probably Eight hundred dollars, and then the most expensive product is fifteen thousand. Okay, so I could see why people might want to talk to someone on the phone it, before it, <laughs> sending it, it's, it's not just that. It's I mean, it, yes, you're right. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of nurturing, but it's also just I think you know the demographic of people, like the older people, they just they just like to talk on the phone. They feel more comfortable placing an order over the phone as opposed to online. But, you know, a lot of people will outsource the, the calls to like um, some, you know, Filipinos or maybe someone, you know, overseas. And I didn't want to do that. Not that I have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. But just because I think elderly people are kind of skeptical of that, you know, someone mm -hmm. with a foreign accent. So I wanted to make sure it was someone from the U.S. So I, I was introduced to a call center. I went to a conference and uh, met someone that um, worked with this call center and I was kind of explaining basically what I just told you. And they said, you know, we work with this company. They're awesome. And, um, started working with them. Um, so I have the call center. I have, um, two VAs that are based in the Philippines. They do a lot of like product listings and just, um, different projects here and there, maybe to update mm -hmm. things with the website. I have a guy that, um, does some custom coding for the website. I have a guy that does email marketing and SMS. I have a videographer that we've done videos with. And, um, I think, I think that's it. I think that's all the people. So in total, wow. it's around like 11 or 12 people that work for me. That is so cool. Are you, uh, are you open to sharing like what kind of volume you do? And it's cool if you're not, but yeah, sure. Um, so last year, so last year, I mean, I was selling on Amazon too for half the year, but last year we did about 5.2 million in revenue. Revenue. Wow. Um, and congratulations. It, <laughs> That's thanks. awesome. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I mean, it's also last year was an anomaly. I mean, just with COVID and yeah, you know, just, just such a surge of people shopping online. Um, this year we're not gonna hit that. I mean, I don't have Amazon anymore. Um, there's a lot of supply chain issues. So think just there's not as much inventory that's in stock. We've had to kind of get creative with how we're selling stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but year to date, we're down about seven percent. So it's fine, you know, with that. 
and I think we've built a good infrastructure where we can we can handle this this you know pending you know recession that's coming. Um, we're, we're already there, <laughs> whatever you believe. Um, but I think we'll be fine to kind of weather the storm, and then once we get out of this, I think we'll be in good shape. So I have a few questions for you. So I'm imagining, hopefully, that someone will be watching this or listening to it and looking for their niche in life, right? Like, what am I going to do when I grow up? And uh, I've heard a lot about e-com. I've got some friends doing e-com. What, first off, do you do you feel like there's still good opportunity in the e-com space doing something like you're doing for a brand new person that's just might want to go do it? Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah. Think there, I think there's plenty of room, but the reality is it's and it's the same with like, you know, with, with what you do, Paul. Um, I mean, it's it's this is all like 80 percent mental. You know, yeah. I, I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm like I said earlier, I'm not tech savvy. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm the smartest book, smartest, you know, sharpest tack in the box. You know, um, I, I just like I just I just won't quit, you know? So, I mean, and it's hard to bring it every day, you know, like some days, like you just don't feel like it. I don't feel like doing it and that's fine. But I just have that 1% a day, you know, philosophy, just do something like send, send one email on those days you feel like that, or make that one phone call, just do something every day. And it compounds it. As long as you don't quit, you can't fail. And that's, I mean, a lot of people I think give up too soon. And they, and, and, and again, like a lot of people, just like the sexy lifestyle of having an e-commerce business, like a drop shipping business, and I can just be a digital no nomad and I can travel around the world. And there are people that do that. Um, but it's, it, it's a business, you know, you have to treat it like a business. It's not something that you can just kind of do on the side. And, you know, whenever you feel like it, you have to, you have to put some effort into it and, and be consistent with your effort. Mm, that's so powerful. I remember I, I read uh, Sam Walton's autobiography. And one thing that I remember is he said he would just wake up every day and ask himself, what's one thing I can do to make this business better. And then he would just go do that like day after day, after day, after day. And then you know, it turned into Walmart. So yeah, good, 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 good way to look at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think also, uh, and sorry to interrupt you. I was no, just you're gonna, fine. I was just going to say also, I think that's where, you know, you, personal development comes into play. You know, you got to stand guard to your mind and um, just constantly put good things in your mind to get you in the right headspace to do stuff, you know, having a good, um, you know, a good group of people, like maybe a mastermind or other people that are, they don't have to be or in the same space, like an e-commerce. There's other entrepreneurs that are just have that, they just want more out of life and that you feed off of their energy. And then there's times that they don't, you know, they're not really, maybe they're not motivated and you are, and then they feed off of your energy. So you help each other out. Um, so I think it's important to just be around those kind of people and just immerse yourself in that, in that stuff, you know, listen to podcast. I listen to podcasts almost daily and you know, I work from home. So I go for walks a lot and I just put something good in my head and come back and I feel like rejuvenated. So I do that often too. So I've, I've a bunch of questions to ask. Um, before I ask you the, um, I want to ask you some questions about personal development and stuff. Uh, Cause I love what you said in the beginning, like you started listening to Sam's podcast and it made you feel good. And that was the catalyst that like set you off on an entire new, you know, an entirely new course. And then you also mentioned that it's 80% mindset. So personal development is like the, ch it's like the biggest, the biggest part of it all. Right. Um, but before I ask you those questions, I am curious about a couple of things. A, 
how's your, do you like your lifestyle? Like, are you happy with the lifestyle that your e-com business has provided for you? Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Working from home. Uh, yeah. I mean, doing that, doing that one thing every day and then taking the rest of the day off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, and I can take breaks. I mean, I'll give you some examples. I mean, my wife is an attorney and she was an in-house counsel for a real estate investment firm. And um, she was working a lot and she's was unhappy. And we were talking about, you know, just leave your job and you can work with me. And um, last year, we in February, we pulled the trigger and she's been working with me for about a year. It's been fine. We were wow. nervous about it. Um, we just moved to Florida. So um, we lived in Baltimore. We lived in Baltimore. That's where we lived together. And then once she left her job, we were ready to move. So we moved to Savannah, Savannah, Georgia, because we wanted to try something different. Um, lived there for a year. Um, it was a little too small for her. She's a city girl. Um, so now we moved to Jacksonville. We live in Jacksonville, Florida, and um, just bought a house. Um, all of this is because of this business. You know, I wasn't able to do, wasn't able to help her leave her job or buy a house. It was all because of this. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely been it's been great. I mean, I bought you know a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bit, so. Cash too, right? I think you. Yeah. Dan told me you paid cash for the Tesla. Yeah. Cha-ching. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I, I, was, I really wanted my payment to be in my mind because I had a car that was paid off. It was a 2008 Ford Taurus and it was paid off for like six years and it started having problems. But honestly, if it didn't have the problems, I would still drive it because I, I didn't I didn't really care. But I told myself, I said, well, when it comes time to get a new car, I'm going to get something nice because I've never had a nice <laughs> car in my life. And I wanted my payment to be around like 400 a month, something like that. But in order to reach that, I had to put like basically 65% of the value of the car down to get that payment. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to put this down, I'll just pay for it. You know, like, so I just bought the car. So you said if your old car was still working, well, you'd still be driving that. So one of the other things that I like to weave into this podcast is financial literacy. Like talk a little bit about why you would do that. Like what was your, what's your philosophy behind a decision like that? driving the old car if it would still work. Yeah. I mean, as long as it can get me around point A to point B, I'm not a flashy person. I mean, I wear a lot of t-shirts and basketball shorts. You would never guess that I, like I own a Tesla, for example. I'm just not, I have like a seven t-shirt rotation kind of deal. And <laughs> I'm just not like, my wife is like more fashionable than I am. I mean, we, yeah. but the only thing that I would say that I'm, I spend money on is going out to eat. We love to like, we're foodies. We like to eat. So um, I don't hold back with that, but everything else I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with like money about that. Um, uh, but I saw that comment that just came up more than the money. It's the freedom that that's freedom. what I value more than anything. Just living life on my terms, you know, I mean, during this, so we moved here, this house, we moved in, um, on the first, I think, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was the first of this month and we were here for a couple of weeks, kind of getting stuff set up and we had contractors coming, doing different things. And then um, we had to go back to Baltimore because we have a storage unit there. So I went there for a week, you know, visited some family and friends, got stuff in the storage unit. My brother helped bring that down here in a U-Haul. So things have been kind of like, I haven't able to, been able to like focus on business and stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. as much as I'd like to, but I'm able to do that. Like I can step away as things are still running the way, the way they should. So. I'm very, yeah. very grateful for that. 
This is my seven shirt rotation right here. I got a couple different <laughs> colors, but yeah, freedom. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Like being able to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, you know, for the most part, you still got to work. You still got to, you know, build a business, but having that flexibility is, is just priceless. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned I got four kids and my wife was telling me that uh, my youngest son, uh, the bus system wanted him to be on the bus for two hours a day. And we're just like, no, that's not going to work. We'll just drive him to school. And I was just thinking like, like how powerful is it that I can make that choice, you know, and not keep my kid on a bus for two hours if, you know, if I don't want him to be there. Yeah. And I, I would say like kind of to, to feed off of that, um, I go through and this is kind of in my head, but I go through like, for example, since I've been here, I haven't really been able to like do much with the business. And a lot of it has to do with my environment has to be comfortable. Like I, there's just like, there's not set up like comfortably the way I want mm-hmm. it to be. So I'm not able to be focused and I'll sort of beat myself up about it a little bit. Cause like, I want to, I don't want to get complacent, but you know, when I take a step back, like it's okay. It's okay. Like, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to, I, you know, I don't, I can't like sit there and do nothing, but it's okay. Like I, I built this for this lifestyle, you know, it's okay to take, you know, for life to happen, you know, life happens. Like we bought a house, we have to get things ready. It's okay that I'm not like constantly doing stuff. It's okay. Yeah. And it's like, you can, you can just like press that button that lets go of the guilt that you usually try to put on yourself because you're not, you know, grinding and driving. It's like, it's okay. That's why, that's why I worked so hard to get here. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Um, Yeah. So um, let's see what like what are some of your biggest challenges was it i know you said it wasn't easy like from your story it sounds pretty good like you're working panera bread you match that income and then here you are making you know doing 5.2 million dollars a year in revenue like did you have any struggles or challenges or was it just yeah um i would say like the biggest challenges were like starting out, like getting suppliers, like I have pretty much all the major brands in the industry, but there's some of the big ones, like some of the big ones are very, um, they're hard to get accounts with. You have to mm-hmm. sign up to get an account. Like some of them want, they, they want you to have a brick and mortar location and I don't. Um, so like the biggest one in the industry, I basically harassed them for like a year in a polite way, you know, I'd call them and just say, um, you know, you ever heard the story of Les Brown where he uh, was trying to get a job at the radio station and he kept showing up? Um, are you familiar? So he no, ba- I heard that one. basically he, he was like trying to get a job at the radio station. And he, he said uh, he showed up and uh, they asked him if they're hiring. And, and the, the guy was like, do you have any journalism experience? Um, you're in a DJ before. And he said, no. And he's like, well, I don't have any jobs for you. So he left and they came back and he's like, hey, I just want to see if you guys are hiring. And the guy was like weren't you just here yesterday? And he was like, yeah, but I didn't know if uh, someone got fired or, <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't have a job. And then he left, came back the next day and he's like, Hey, you know, I was just seeing if you guys are you know, hiring. And he was like, and he said that he was just like, no, I told you no one's hiring. He's like, yeah, but I know if somebody died or, you know, whatever. And so he left and he came back a fourth time and he said, the guy was had rage in his eyes and just looking at him. And he's just like, he's like, Hey, I just seeing if you guys are hiring. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that uh, the guy was like, go get me a coffee. And that's how I got the job because he just was, he just would not give up, but he was like polite. So yeah. the supplier that I had that I got, um, 
similar, kind of similar. Like they would say, like you know, we're not, you don't have any, uh, you know, we have any, any, any openings for any more dealers. You know, you can contact contact us again next month. So I'd call back again next month. Kept getting the same response, and then there was a trade show in Atlanta that I went to, and the sole purpose of me going to the trade show was to get an account and show face with them. And I, I went to their booth and I was talking to them and. Um, I ended up talking to whoever's in charge of their e-commerce division. And we had like a nice long talk and I felt like he was going to give it to me. And at the end of the talk, he was just, he said, you know, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, we can't give you an account, but he did tell me, he's like, but I am leaving the company and this is who's taking over. So the person I was taking over, I started reaching out to her and then their corporate headquarters was like a three or four hour drive from Baltimore. So I was, I got her on the phone and I was asking her and she said, she basically said, um, you know, I'm just going to be transparent with you, Kellen. We're not accepting any more dealers. Um, and then she kind of ended it something to the effect of like, but you might be able to change my mind, something like that. <laughs> so I said, I'll drive up there. I'll drive there, you know, whenever. So I, I drove up there. We met for dinner, had a great conversation at the end of the conversation. She's like, we're going to give you a chance. Um, but, I, but I don't, you know, I didn't have a store. You know, I don't have a physical brick and mortar store. And I was able to get in just by being persistent. I was able to prove myself and just show like I can, I have results. And that's how I was able to get the account. Wow. Uh, and so, and so this, supplier, this supplier, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, oh, we got a little feedback. Wonder where that's coming from. Um, they had a, where's that? Do you hear that echo? Oh, there it went away. Um, I, I don't. Away. Okay. It went okay. Away. Um, yeah, so they they had a particular brand that you wanted. Like, couldn't you get the same product somewhere else? Or why why did you need that specific piece of inventory in your store? Uh, they're basically the biggest brand in the industry, so I wanted them for that reason. Just a lot of search volume. People are looking for the products, and I wanted that brand. Okay, um, but gotcha. no, like no. I mean, and this and you know a lot of these a lot of these companies they'll they'll they private label their products. So they usually get it from China or like Taiwan. So sometimes it's like the same mold. They just put their different branding on it. Mm -hmm. um, but pride has such a, this brand has such a big um, presence in like the, the uh, industry. And I just, I just wanted that account. And I saw some competitors that had it too. And I knew that they didn't have a store. I think they were kind of grandfathered in, like they didn't have a physical store. So I felt that if they can do it, I can do it too. Nice. Very cool. Awesome, man. So, um, uh, other questions I have for you, uh, you, you, how do you drive traffic? It sounds like you have some people that drive traffic for you now. Like you have your store, you like SEO ads, all that stuff. Yeah. All of that. I mean, I start, everyone starts out with, um, ads. So Google ads is primarily what you use starting out. You can use Bing ads, um, retargeting is important. Retarget through Google or Facebook. Um, email, you know, retarget through email. Um, and then SEO, I started get, I started really digging into SEO about maybe two and a half, three years ago. And that, that helps a lot. Um, because so you're not so reliant on one source of traffic, but I always say with SEO, once you, once you get, um, your, your website optimized for organic traffic, that's how you kind of bulletproof your business. Mm. And you're doing most of that yourself, the traffic. No, I have no, no, I have, I have, uh, two content writers. They write content. I did at the beginning. I wrote a lot of the stuff. My, my best ranking pages are stuff that I did. 
Okay. But, um, yeah, I have I have people that work on that now. I don't do that anymore. So well, one question I have is: Was it hard for you to go from doing things yourself when you know that they're going to be done right to then hire, <laughs> hiring someone? I know that's a lot of like a lot of people struggle with that. Definitely, a lot of people do struggle with that. You think that no one can do it as well as you do, but that's not true. <laughs> you have to get over that. Uh, and even if they even if they don't do it as well as you, they can do eighty percent of what you can do. But it mm. frees you up to, to do b bigger things. You can pull bigger levers. Um, but yeah, I think that definitely gets in people's way. You got to get over that. It's a false belief. <laughs> you just it said, is. yeah, that's not true. <laughs> it's not. It's not true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so best uh, best books, personal development lessons, favorite mentors, authors, what comes to mind? <laughs> My all-time favorite book and I was actually introduced to this from Dan is the slight edge. I mm. think that's an amazing book. I think it breaks down, um, things so simply that makes you feel like you can do anything, like literally do anything you want. Mm -hmm. And it's a really easy read. So I, I like that book. And as far as like mentors, I mean, I listen to like the Ed Milet show. I love that show. Um, I listen to Sam Crowley, not as much, but I did, I did a lot. Um, I listened to like, um, there's a guy, Ryan Stuman. He has a podcast called the Rewire Podcast. It's like a quick, you know, three to five minute podcast, kind of like something to start out your day. I uh, just discovered one called the D Daily Mind Medicine. It's this oh. guy named Taylor Welch, and he he it's similar. It's like a three to five minute type of podcast. Um, Tony Robbins. I know we were talking about that before the call. Um, Tony Robbins. I've been to a few events, and it's he's the goat of personal development. So mm -hmm. I mean. If you see him in person, you'll you'll see why. I mean, he's worked with every living U.S. president. He's worked with every major athlete, actor, politician, and there's a reason for that. And you 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 recognize that when you see him in person. In person, like he's he's amazing. So, books, reading his books versus live event. Like, what are some of your biggest takeaways from some of the events you've been to? I know you've been to like multiple events, some high dollar yeah. events. Yeah, I've seen Eric Thomas too. He was amazing. Um, I would say like for, so the Tony Robbins events kind of like, um, it's about full immersion. That's what he's big on is like when you, like the events are, they do it virtually now too, which are really good. Um, but it's typically like four days, five days, long days, 12, 14 hour days. Um, and it's exhausting, but it's like mentally exhausting. It's like a mental boot camp, And there's a lot of, uh, he's big into like physiology. So like moving and, you know, when I did the live event last year, I knew it was like that. And, um, you know, you go there and everyone's jumping around. It's kind of like rah, rah. And you're like, this is kind of weird. Um, but I did it and I participated. And then the second day, um, it just kind of clicked. And I was like, I get this now. I understand what this is. And it's just about having breakthroughs and like certain things would hit you where you just kind of like, kind of break down. Like, I mean, I cried a few times and it's like things that made me up like emotional and cry did not make other people emotional cry, but then they would make them emotional and I wouldn't feel this way. It's just different things like that kind of hit you and trigger you. And I can't really, it's hard to explain what they are, but I think it's just, it, after doing that, you know, those events, it's just kind of, if you can survive that, it makes you feel like everything else is easier. Like every, all the other things that you worry about are so small. It's not a big deal. 
like all that stuff is like not a big deal. Um, and then it's just, and it really, it's, it's just a lot of the personal development's the same. They, they just say it in different ways, you know, yeah. and it, it really, it, like I said at the beginning, like almost everything in life, whether it's like a real, your, your relationship with your wife or, you know, whatever it is like business, it's, it's all mental. It's 80% mental. You don't have to be the most skilled. It's just about just not giving up and just, you know, just realizing that you can figure out everything. Everything is figure outable. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we forget, right? Like, you know, something happens, you might've got that lesson really good at one point and then something comes along and you get discouraged and then, oh, you need to go somewhere and hear the thing that you already knew was true. But then when you hear it again, you're like, ah, that's right. Let's go. You know? So that's why you can hear the same things over and over. You're at, at, you're at different stages in your life. And so those same things hit you and impact you in different ways, you know? Yeah. Uh, Another thing that, um, I guess, I've learned too, and Tony talks about this is, um, progress is the key to happiness. So like making progress in anything, and it could be as as easy as like making your bed, you know, doing dishes, working on an art project, building your business. As long as you make progress, that's what makes you feel good. So try to make daily progress and whatever it is. And that's, that's like almost like the key to, to being happy. Yeah. And I remember him, I heard him say that in an audio one time and I disagreed with him. And I, I just going to throw this out because it's kind of interesting to think about. I'm like, you know, his can I constant, never ending improvement, right? He's like, this is how you're going to be happy. You continually improve all the time and everything. And I'm like in the gym and I'm like, so does that mean if I don't constantly always increase the amount of weight I bench, I'm not going to be happy? And I'm like, nah, that can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he is, I think he was right. I was just interpreting it differently. Progress doesn't have to mean that your income goes up every month. It doesn't have to mean that you get stronger every day for the rest of your life. It just means that you're growing, you're doing something, you're moving forward every day in a good direction, right? Is that how you would interpret it? Oh okay. yeah. And, and all, on all facets of life, whether financially yeah. health, um, you know, relationships, um, you know, just being a better human being like in the world, just being better towards others and just making progress, you know, and I'm yeah. a work in progress. I'm definitely not perfect. You know, I, I work on my, um, you know, I work out and stuff, but I, I mean, I'm definitely not like a chiseled body or anything like that, but you know, I'm, I was like an athlete when college and stuff, but now it's just, you know, life kind of hits me, but I'm, I'm getting back into that. So, I mean, I have a personal trainer and, you know, trying to just trying to get back to making progress on, on myself physically now too. Nice. And you feel good just taking the steps, right? Not Absolutely. Half, it's not that you're there or not there. It's just that you're taking the steps and you're getting it done and you feel good, you know, during the day. Yeah. Um, so a couple other quick questions. Why are you doing this podcast? Because as far as I can tell, you're not really set, like you're not selling anything. You're not like promoting yourself as a guru. Like what advantage to you is there to come here and, you know, share your story with people (laughs) or or are you selling something? And if so, you know, go ahead, you know, drop your link. Let's hear your pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I actually I'm in the process of um, I've never had any desire to have like any coaching or a course, but I am going to come out for course, like a little mini course, I think, okay. um, maybe by the end of the year. 
Um, on ecom, I haven't really, I haven't really gotten too far with it. I'm still trying to figure out the outline of that. Um, but the main reason for coming here is just to connect with, you know, someone that's like-minded and, you know, um, I just like being in, in this type of environment. So I'm all, and it's great to meet someone else. That's like I said earlier, just someone that wants more out of life and just like I do. Um, and you know, that's the main reason, you know, you seem like a great guy and I'm oh, happy man. to connect. There's really nothing. I, there really isn't any, I don't have anything to sell. You know, if someone ever wants to reach out, the best way to reach out to me is through Facebook probably. Um, I keep a low profile, had the same profile picture since like <laughs> 2014. Um, and I don't really post too much. I'll post like motivational quotes sometimes, but I'm not one to really post about the only thing I, I post is helpful things. Like I'm not going to post about politics, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's really no, there's really no, uh, I don't really have anything to push or promote for sure. Not yet, but I do have a course in the making. So if someone can reach out to me and ask that, but it might be not be until like the end of the year. Okay, cool. Well, I'll make sure and put your uh, Facebook link in the description of the podcast and um, be happy to, you know, refer people to you when that, when that uh, comes available. Cause right now I don't have anyone that I'm aware of that, you know, I would just happily send people to, to learn about e -com. I've yeah. got maybe one or two friends, but yeah. So that's, that's cool. Um, last question, I think, unless I think of something else, but I know we're almost out of time here. Uh, what drives you like, and, and I guess, let me preframe this a little bit. One of the things that I've noticed is that, <clears throat> you know, in the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, you have this goal. Then you hit that goal. Then you set another goal. Then you hit that goal. Then you set another goal. And then maybe you get to a place where like your lifestyle's good. You got the money you want to, you know, pay cash for Tesla or buy a new house or retire your wife, you know, like how do you continue to find motivation to just keep going? And what are those things that drive you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I would say one is fear. Like I, I, right now at this point in my life, I'm just psychologically unemployable. I mean, if, 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 you know, crap hit the fan, um, and like just somehow like business collapsed, I would just be an Uber driver until I figure <laughs> out the next thing. I, yeah. I, I can't work yeah. for anyone ever again. Um, and what drives me, I mean, um, I feel like I, I kind of have to be, I feel like, I, I set an example for like my family and some of my friends, because mm -hmm. I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. And I think, you know, they see that, you know, I can, I can, if he can do this, you know, I can do this. I have plenty of friends that, you know, by the book are way smarter than me, attorneys and doctors and, you know, you know, um, uh, they I think that by them seeing me, you know, I, I was like just an average student, um, never really tried to create a business. And I, if I can do this and um, I think it, I think it, it motivates some people, I, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just, I don't know. I just want to, I want to get to a point where um, I don't know, I can, I don't know if I'll ever retire, <laughs> um, but just to a point where I can just kind of, things are just coasting out. I want multiple streams of income, you know, other businesses. And, mm -hmm. um, I don't really have like a, a def definitive answer for that, but it, I, that's kind of my answer, I guess. I love it. I resonate with that, uh, in a lot of ways, like, you know, <clears throat> what's, you know, what's the purpose of life is a good question. You know, that who knows if anyone has the answer, I guess we all have to come up with our own answer. 
But I think one really good answer to that question is to be the best we can be for ourselves and also to be a, a way shower, a, a lighthouse, uh, an example, just like you said, like yeah. show, show that it can be done. You know, like I, I came from a single parent home. My dad left when I was eight, grew up in a double wide trailer house, not much money. You know, <clears throat> my first job was 11 bucks an hour in a call center. And I love my story. Not because like, I love my story because it's like, Hey, if, if I can do that, you know, like maybe you can too. Like, what can you do? You know, like I have, I had, a, and you, we both had a lot of, we all have things we can use as excuses why we didn't do something or why we can't do something. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they, they find those reasons like, oh, I can't do it because of this or because of that or because of that. And um, people like you, like you just, you, you find the opposite. You're like, here's why I can, here's why I can. And then you do it and you do it and you do it and you keep doing it. And when people see you doing it, they're like, holy crap, look at him go, you know, C student, you know, <laughs> yeah. didn't come from like, a wealthy family. Like, wow, yeah. that's cool. And whether you're saying anything or not, they see you doing that. And like Gandhi that's, said, that's be the point. change you wish to see in the world. You know, it's like, man, hopefully that can inspire people. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of, kind of feed off of that, um, when I first started dating my wife, I was a manager at CC's Pizza, and I used to go down to Baltimore. And she, at the time, she just graduated law school, and she was clerking for a judge. And her roommate worked for the FBI. And I'm around I all see these where attorneys. This is going. <laughs> and I'm the only one that is like, I work at this pizza place, three three ninety nine, all you can eat buffet. <laughs> and these people have seen me. I still talk to some of these people, and they've seen what I I went from there to here, you know. And uh -huh. and I. I've had them tell me like they're just you know impressed with what I've done. My old, I'm I'm the youngest. I have um, an older brother and an older sister, and you know I know that 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 I inspire them. You know they've never told me, but I I know that I've inspired them because they've seen what I've done. And you know I, I I've gotten my brother into personal development. He went he did a Tony Robbins event. He loved it. You know it changed him. He's like a different person now. And um, yeah, I just I I always that's why I post like the positive quotes and stuff on Facebook because I just I think there's just, there's way too, the, the negative people out there are way louder than the happy people. And I'm just trying way to louder. like, just trying to, trying to show that, you know, there is still good out there. You know, that's, that's why I do it. Yeah. And the only way for the world to get better is if we, as people get better and it seems like the vast majority of society, it, I mean, they're, they're not reading how to win friends and influence people. They're not reading like these just basic fundamental like, like, how can we love each other, have good relationships, not disagree with everybody, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, like we gotta, we gotta counteract it, man. You know, we gotta, yeah. we gotta bring some light I, to this whole world. I think sometimes like the, the powers that be are trying to put us against each other in a lot yeah. of ways, but there's no question but when you, when you really like go down to the core of it, we're all a lot more alike than than we realize, you know, we yep. all want more out of life. We all want to be the best version of ourselves. Some of us take more action than others and really, you know, really work on that more than others. But I think when you really get down to the, the nitty gritty of it, we're all much more alike than we are different. I fully agree. Yeah. We're, uh, we're all members of the human family and regardless of what you believe, like we're all the same, you know, like we're all here on this earth trying to live and, uh, 
somehow it'd be great if we could all find a way to get along with each other. And, uh, you know, um, don't ever watch the news. I don't watch the news, but I don't if watch you the news. Watch, a lot of people it, tell me if you do sometimes, me. yeah, sometimes I'll overhear it when I'm visiting a family member or something. And it's just, it's just constant destruction and war and, and just judgment. And it's just horrible, you know? And, it is. Um, it's put yeah. there on purpose. Like it's put there for eyeballs to watch it. And, you know, it's all about like advertisers, like gets people to watch that stuff and they see the ads and yeah. I mean, if, if you can't get along with someone because of their, your different, you have differing political views, that's a, that's a big issue. Like, I don't care about any of that, like what your views are or anything, if, as long as you're a good person and you know, I don't, I don't care about that. You know, like we can be completely different and there's kind of, you know, what we view about that. So have you, uh, have you read the laws of success by Napoleon Hill? I mean, I know Napoleon Hill, but I haven't, I don't, I've heard of that book, but I haven't, uh, I haven't read that. So there's a cool story in there just related to what you said. Uh, Napoleon Hill was talking to this guy and they were talking about political views. And uh, the guy says to Napoleon, you know, like, well, you know, why are you this political view? And he's like, well, cause my dad was, and my grandpa was. And the guy was like, ah, he's like, now, wouldn't you be in a bad fix if your grandpa was a horse thief? <laughs> you know? And he was like, huh, that's interesting. You know, like, I inherited my beliefs from my, from my grandparents. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how we get a lot of our beliefs just from what we pick up. And, uh, so yeah, anyway, we're, we're kind of rambling, but I, uh, I'm just so inspired by you, man, like your success and the work that you put into yourself, the reasons, you know, that you do the things that you do. Um, I, my, my fa one of my favorite quotes from Gandhi is be the change you wish to see in the world. And we could, complain about all the bad stuff that's happening or we could focus on how can we be part of the solution uh which is what you're doing you know being a successful entrepreneur sharing you know positive uplifting stuff with people coming on a podcast even though you don't have to there's really no benefit for you but just to share your story and inspire and pass along a little knowledge so thank you man thank you kellen it's really great to connect with you and uh yeah i just appreciate it appreciate the time yeah Thanks so much, Paul. Glad glad you have me on. It's great meeting yeah. you. All right. Well, for all of uh, you folks that were crazy enough to tune in live or on the replay, uh, we appreciate you and uh, believe in you and love you and know that you do have greatness within you. So thanks for tuning in. Get out there. Make it a great day. Take action. Go for your dreams. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Paul Hitchings Podcast. <laughs> Take care and bye for now. Hey there, my friend. This is Paul Hutchings. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope this has been a great investment into your better future. To make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes and bonus content, please visit paulhutchings.net and click the podcast link in the menu bar to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and whatever you do, always go for your dreams.